God's people, on today's show, we talk about the business of the coronavirus, the marketing, the branding, the name, why they named it, how they named it. We also talk about why you shouldn't be afraid of it. Again, we said why you shouldn't be afraid, not why you should not be wise or smart or wash your hands or use sanitizer. But at the end of the day, God's people, I'm not a doctor, and this is not medical advice, but you should write about now. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the inspiration. inspiration now in session. Inspire God's people. My wife thinks I'm crazy. How did we get here? I can't believe y'all let me have a show. We going higher and higher, let me inspire you. God's people, I see you, let me admire you. He gave you vision and purpose, but you struggle to dream. Cause the seed that was sown wasn't stitched in your jeans. What was in them was denim. I guess what's in them is in them. There's a different perspective that I'm trying to present them. It ain't always peace when you see the peace sign. It don't make you a Levite cause you rock Levi's. What's up, people? I am your host, Jay Will. And I would like to welcome you to Inspire God's People, where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. The coronavirus is very well branded. All right, follow me. So, you know, I know everybody's tripping out. Everybody is scared, afraid, buying masks, buying all the water at the store. You know, that's what happens when these type of things happen. Happen to Y2K, West Nile virus had people scared. Every time a new disease drop, you know, we get nervous as a society. But I must admit, I don't, I don't want to over-exaggerate because sometimes we can become prisoners of the moment. But it seems like a little something different about this one. And I think... Again, I think it might be because of the presence of social media this time around. Like, of course, back in Y2K, the whole thing was the computers. Like, we were just scared of the computers, I guess. Whatever. I don't want to revisit that. But my point is, this one seems to have a lot more marketing power behind it and a lot more branding power. And so today, what I want to do, first, let me say what, what I don't want to do. What I don't want to do. What I don't want to do is talk recklessly about this situation because I know it's a trendy topic right now and it's everywhere. And what you're not going to get from me today is a bunch of irresponsible hot takes. That's not what we do on this show. However, I do have a perspective. And, you know, this show is about balancing faith and business. And so I'm like, you know what? Let me discuss the business of Corona. Number one, because what I try to do, like, number one, y'all know, can I stop saying number one? I have said number one five times since this show started. Number one, bro, you on number three. Can you count? I try my best. First of all, dang, now I'm saying first of all. Number one, first of all, all right, so as y'all see, I have issues as it relates to communicating, and that's why I have a podcast. This is like practice every week to learn how to talk. I can talk. I really don't talk about trendy topics too much, and that's on purpose because I believe in being proactive and not reactive. I don't, like, I can't build my whole life 
and my whole purpose and my whole podcast about reacting to everything. Because then what happens when nothing happens? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm a very proactive person. I like to get things done. I like to be thinking ahead and kind of already going down the path that the Lord has me on. So that's why a lot of times we don't even get into this type of stuff. But every now and then, as I see things kind of progressing, I have a different take on it and a different angle than what I've heard, at least from all the media sources that, you know, have really been jamming in my face, which is mostly sports, which is interesting. The second thing is the couple of times that I have talked about some more trending or controversial or just popular topics. My goal is to be able to listen back five years, 10 years from now and not be ashamed of the way I approached it. And so in order to do that, at least what I think right now, because we don't know till we get there, I might get five years from now and be like, bro, what was you talking about? You know what I'm saying? Hindsight is 2020. Right now we're not operating in 2020. But what I will say is this. I just really believe in having conversations responsibly. And if I do that, I think I can be comfortable. So number one, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Like I don't just live my life based off conspiracies. That's not what this is about today. But I also don't just trust or follow everything that I see or hear. So it's kind of this balance between trying to have a sober mind, obviously being led by the spirit of God, um, reading the Bible, and the Bible really guides my mind, right? As, as you relates to like just how we live life, we know that as believers that God didn't give us the spirit of fear, for instance. And so that's one of those things. And I've said this on the show before, whenever I find myself getting fearful, I always stop and be like, ooh, that didn't come from God. Why? Because God doesn't give us that spirit. So I could feel comfortable Every time I get afraid, knowing like, yep, that's not God. And so the first thing I want to say, there we go. The first thing, I'm just going to keep doing it. I want to tell y'all today is don't be afraid. You know, because at the end of the day, man, we trust the Lord Jesus Christ. Our life is in his hands. That also doesn't mean just go out and be reckless and just do weird stuff. You know what I'm saying? I don't want you out at the chicken restaurant, not only are you, it's finger licking good on your finger, you just licking everybody's finger. It's finger licking good. Okay, I'm not telling you to go out there and just rub yourself against the bathroom doorknob in the public restroom as you're rubbing out. Like, hey, I'm just going to, no, let's not be ignorant. You feel what I'm saying? But I just don't want people to be afraid. I don't believe in living in fear. That's about all I'm going to say about the coronavirus itself, mostly because I'm not a doctor and I really haven't like just completely followed all of this stuff because number one is just, it's everywhere. So I see it, but I haven't followed it, if that makes sense. And so I don't want to talk about something that I'm not a hundred percent sure about and that I'm not just super well educated on it. But one thing I do know is I know marketing and I know business. So today, we are going to talk about the business of the coronavirus. Let's do it. Let me give a little disclaimer in this conversation. Nothing that we talk about today is meant to minimize the severity of this issue. Blah, 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 blah. 
why do they talk real fast on commercials at the end? As like they made sure they said it, but they also made sure you couldn't understand what they said. So that's my little disclaimer. That's the small print. I'm not trying to minimize anything, but we are having a proactive conversation about a reactive subject. And I want to talk about the business impact of this and maybe even talk about how the branding and the marketing plays into the mind control. And again, this isn't about a conspiracy theory or something like that. It's just about observing the business of something. And if you go back to an earlier episode of this show, I don't know what number it was, but it's called Marketing is Mind Control. That's one of the episodes I really think people should listen to. So I really wanted to know who named this mug. I'm sure the Corona beer brand, I don't drink beer, you know what I'm saying? But I'm sure the people, whatever company makes Corona, the beer, I know they mad than a mug. Because it's like, why you have to name it after us? I would be mad if it was like the Inspire God's People virus. Like, whoa, hold on, why, what, what you do that for? Well, then again, I don't know. Maybe a lot of y'all will start listening to the podcast. We get a whole bunch of new uh, listeners. The Inspire God's People, the podcast virus. All right, let's not do that. Let's move along. So I did do a little digging into figuring out who named it that. And I, I found out that the World Health Organization named it COVID-19. So it's C-O-V-I-D-19. That's the name of the disease. You know what I mean? Like the virus is called the coronavirus because it's from the family of coronaviruses, SARS and all these other things that we've heard before in the past. And the whole part of the term Corona is really because Corona means crown, I believe, in Spanish. So I guess how the virus looks, it like has, I guess, something that reminds you of a crown or some outer parts that stick out. And so there you have it. There's a lot of thought between behind naming it the COVID-19, even though we're just calling it the coronavirus, which is also like HIV and AIDS. So think of that, like the difference between a disease and a virus, but the names are really interchangeable. But from a branding perspective, what I'm seeing on TV and stuff, Nobody's calling this the COVID-19. I've seen it maybe a little bit, but the brand is the coronavirus. So even though all these other viruses are coronaviruses too, this one is the coronavirus. And that, to me, is branding and marketing at its finest. You got to understand when, you, when you're in business, the name is a big deal. I remember reading uh, the book or listening to the audiobook, The Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. And that's the Nike story. And him just telling the story of how he named the brand Nike. And we don't have to get all up into that. But I guess the purpose of it is, it's just like Nike. It's how it sounds. Like you can almost see a pair of shoes when I say it. The swoosh look like the name. Because you've heard it so much over time, the orange box that the Nikes come in most of the time, at least the classics or originals. And so just the name itself, when you think about some of your favorite brands in the world, Doritos, they sound a certain way. And it's been 
engraved in your mind as a brand. And so I'm like, man, okay, why do they name diseases the way they do? Because you would almost think, like, it's a disease. Like, why does it need a catchy name? It's like hurricanes and stuff. You feel me? Hurricanes, be having names. And I was reading this one book, and we're going to get back to the World Health I can talk. World Health Organization, don't worry. But I was, oh, listening to this book. People, when I say I read a book, people who know I listen to audiobooks are like, you didn't read that book. You didn't read it. Well, get out of my face then. I listened to this book. And I don't remember what book it is because I listen to books every month. But this was a few months ago, maybe three or four months. And it was talking about how the name of the tornado, if you go back in history, in U.S. at least, actually impacts what people name their kids. And one of the interesting things, at least based on the study that they did, whoever wrote this book, was like, let's say Hurricane Katrina. It actually impacts that you would think less people name would be Katrina or with a K, but it's actually the opposite. More people's names, and I forget why, I gotta maybe re-listen to that chapter, but if you go and look, more people's names are similar to the hurricane after the hurricane. I thought that was amazing. So I'm like, now, nah, like, okay, coronavirus, so now we're going to see a bunch of Corrines, Corys, Carrie. You know, shout out to you if that's your name. I know you mad, too. Like, why this mug got to be named? Like, come on, bro. So the World Health Organization, they named these diseases. So I, I went on their website who.int, and, um, you know, they have, like, this one page where it's like, who best practices for naming a new human infectious disease? I'm like, wow, they have best practices for how they name a disease. We're talking about the business of corona right now, and this we're going to go down a path, but it really starts with the name. And I guess the first, man, I say that a lot. One of the things I want you to realize is that nothing is done carelessly or just by mistake. Now, the dope thing about this conversation is I want you to be thinking about your brand as we have this conversation. I want you to be thinking about, and if you don't have a business or a brand, you have a personal brand. You have something that you're known for, a reputation at work. And just know that your brand starts with your name. Okay? Your brand starts with your name. You feel that? The coronavirus. It's a brand. Like, that's one thing I know. I can't speak about none of the other stuff. I don't want to get into, I ain't offending nobody. If you coughing, if you sneezing, go to the doctor, rub your little hand sanitizer, do what you got to do. I'm not giving any type of medical advice because I don't want you to come back in five years and blame me if something go wrong. So I'm just talking about what I know. We're talking about the business of the coronavirus. And so now we know that corona is the virus and who, the World Health Organization, who's tasked with naming the disease, and, you know, they do this strategically, they named the disease the COVID-19. But what's interesting to me is that's not the name that's sticking. And I'm telling you, we're talking about business and branding. The reason COVID-19 isn't sticking is because it's not as catchy as the coronavirus. And the coronavirus can be put on 
every news cycle, it is, you know, familiar to say. It, it's easy to say. COVID-19, like that don't sound right. Now, what you might see is maybe at some point it might start being called, my guess, anyway, this is a guess, would be CVD-19. And see, CVD is easier to say. It's like HIV. Here's what they say on who.int. I-N-T. I don't know why I said the word. Here's their overview for how they name. They said, who, in consultation and collaboration with the World Organization for Animal Health, OIE, and the Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations, FAO, has identified best practices for the naming of new human diseases with the aim, they have a purpose, to minimize unnecessary negative impact of disease names on trade, travel, tourism, or animal welfare, and avoid causing offense to any cultural, social, national, regional, professional, or ethnic groups. That is officially their stance and their position on their best practices and their approach to naming a disease. Now, I will tell you right now, the number one reason that's interesting to me is because they said their purpose and their aim is first to minimize unnecessary negative impact of disease names on trade, right? So you're talking about the stock market, which we know was last time I checked, and I don't check it every day because I don't deal in stocks. So I heard at least it was crashing or it was affected, right? Travel, or oh, people joking all day about how you can get a plane ticket to Miami from Detroit for 60 bucks, New Orleans, all these people going, these are just posts I saw today. So if that was your post, shout out to you. I saw that post. But, you know, it's been a joke today because plane tickets are so cheap. So travel has been affected. Trade has been affected. Tourism, we know that you've been hearing every day. I get it to my Yahoo account every day. The Paradise Princess cruise ship. These people are tripping. And so tourism has been affected. It's been impacted. So when they're naming a disease, they're doing it with the purpose of, you know, we want to try to make the name not be negative and give people a negative point of view. That's generally what I took from that, because they don't want it to cause like negativity towards the world economy. The reason I find that interest is just by saying that they are acknowledging that the name of a disease can literally alter all those things that they said. The reason why we focus on properly naming a disease is because we don't want it to unnecessarily affect these things. Just by stating that, they are actually letting you know that the name alone affects these things. We are talking about the business of Corona. Corona. Now, in all fairness to the World Health Organization, they named it COVID-19. And I'm sure they not really that happy, or I wouldn't think they were based on their purpose for naming something. They're not happy that this coronavirus brand has taken off and their COVID-19 didn't. But I kind of would blame them. Like, you didn't pick a catchy enough name, but you see how that's a catch-22? Because if you were seeing come across your screen and your computer and your phone every day, 
COVID-19 is infected. See, COVID-19 sounds too doctory. It sounds too medically. So you wouldn't really be that scared of it because it's not catchy. You hear COVID-19 and you're like, oh, what's that? That's somewhere else. That ain't messing with me. But when you hear the coronavirus, it feels like, oh, wait, hold on. That's right there, bro. That's down the street. Yeah, I live around the corner from Corona now. You get what I'm saying? So it's this business and branding aspect is very interesting. Now, why is this important? For me, it's important because this show is about balancing faith and business to guide you to your purpose. And as a business person, both professionally and as an entrepreneur, I am intrigued by business practices, both ethical and non-ethical, both good and bad. There are some business practices that I agree with and some I disagree with. And I want you to know, like, today is not about telling you that I agree with these business practices as much as it is about explaining to you and helping you understand how business works and how it impacts, impacts our world on a daily basis. And when you don't understand business, you can sometimes become a victim of business. Now, that probably sounds harsh, like a victim of business? No, how dare you? Talk about this in that way. Again, remember, I'm not a doctor. I'm not trying to give you any type of medical advice. And I'm also not trying to minimize the severity of this. That's up to you to figure out. Read your Bible. Uh, talk to your doctor. You figure that. I'm not giving you that advice. I don't want nothing to do with that. But what I can tell you is you can be a victim of business. All right. For anybody who ain't believing that, think about this. Think about it. Uh, uh, uh. Think about it. Uh, uh. Oh, I'm sorry. Started zoning out. You ever been to a, a car dealership? You ever purchased a car? You ever purchased a car with bad credit? Boy, they will they will get you in the door with a deal. $2.99 a month for 24 months. A new 2020 Jaguar. And you go in there with your little 605 credit score. Like, I'm about to get a Jaguar. Uh. I'm about to get a Jaguar. Yeah, boy. I'm about to get a Jaguar. And you go up in there like, oh, hold on. For, for the, they give you your approval letter. Your approval letter say, yeah, you got a 60% interest rate. That's going to be $6,452 a month plus tax. But you like, it, it said $299 on the advertisement. I'm about to get a Jaguar. Because you don't understand business, and of course I'm exaggerating on the price for anybody out there who wants to take me serious. Because there's some crazy people out here, they start taking you serious on stuff that you thought you was really joking about, and it was obvious, and it wasn't obvious because they really thought you meant that a Jaguar cost 6000 a month. So let me give something more realistic. You thought you were getting a Jeep Wrangler for $2.99 a month, and you went in there, and they told you it was going to be $5.99 a month for you. And you mad because you like, well, that ain't what the paper said. The paper isn't intended to tell you the truth. The purpose of the ad is to get you in the door. But you don't understand business, so you continue to become a victim of business because you don't understand it. So you have high interest rates. You pay higher payments. You have low credit. And again, no offense to anyone out there with those things. I'm telling you, if you listen to every episode of this show, We'll start helping you and getting you through some of those things because we have those conversations on this show and we got doper conversations coming. My point is this. So many people are victims of business 
because they have a consumer and a poverty mentality. And you got to understand that the people who are making the decisions and the people who are making the money and who are in power and in control, they're not victims of business. They're dictators of business. They're not victims of a trend. They are dictators of trends. I heard so many millionaires say this one statement about the last economic crash. Like, so you talking years like 2008 to 2011 when things were really bad in the housing market and the economy was horrible. And you know what I've heard so many millionaires say? They said during that time frame, they made the most money they ever made in their lives. I'm like, how? Because everybody else was broken, crying and losing a house. No offense if it was you, if you was broke, crying and losing your house. I still love you. You got your house back. Praise God. You still here. But my point is, everyone else was struggling. Everyone else was afraid. Everyone else was a victim of business. Meanwhile, other people saw opportunity. And so if you are not a person that wants to take the time to understand business, you might always be a victim of business. You might always have the victim mentality. That's why I have such a problem with people who have a victim mentality because you're constantly positioning yourself to be impacted and affected by things that you could otherwise control. Now, I know some things in life are out of our control, but what I'm talking about when I talk about being a victim of the business of the corona is that notice how you not sick, but it's altering your behavior. Matter of fact, let me take it a step further. You don't even know nobody that's sick. You ain't even seen somebody who was halfway sick, but it's impacted your entire life. Now, again, remember, I'm not giving you medical advice. I don't want nothing to do with that. But what I am talking about is that it's interesting to me how they named this disease with the purpose not to negatively impact things, but somehow we find ourselves in a position where travel, tourism, all these things have been negatively impacted. We're talking about the business of the corona. So now I'm seeing in the sports world how, so, so we already talked about stocks, right? So the stocks dropped and you know, all this stuff. And I haven't followed that in the last few days. So I don't know if it's back up or what's going on with that. But we have, you know, that, that's a form of our economy being impacted. You also have travel being banned. I mean, that's why the airlines are now having to give such low prices because people are afraid to travel. The thing that's being communicated to us every day and flashing on our TV screens and our phones, every chance is like, oh, they were on this cruise ship and this happened and all this stuff. And I'm like, wow. But nobody is talking about the hundreds of cruise ships that are going in and out, making it just fine. So what ends up happening from a business perspective, now I, I want you to understand something. This is like fear-based marketing. So again, remember, I'm not here to judge the coronavirus itself and the medical aspects of it, but I am looking at the business tactics and strategies being used. And I'm telling you, this thing has been branded brilliantly 
like the brand of the Corona has taken over the world. It's like everything everyone is thinking about and what they're talking about. And the one thing I believe, I will say one thing I believe, is that good or bad or indifferent, money will be made. Now, why do I believe money will be made? Because when I look at all these things that are happening, most of them are about money. The stock market, money. When you think about, okay, travel being impacted, so what are the airlines doing? Lowering prices, money. Now they're trying to lure a different demographic of people in because you got some people that's like super scared, and then you got some people that's like, hey, bro, if I can go ahead and get out to L.A. for 150 bucks, uh, I'm going to have to take that chance. I ain't going to never be able to afford to go to L.A. again, bro. We about to hit this Lakers game and do what we do, baby. So there's all these things going on with, you know, the coronavirus and fear-based marketing. So fear-based marketing is when you literally, it's what it sounds like, first of all. But I guess in practice, it's when you present something in so to someone in a way where it's like, you have to get this or this won't happen. So it makes you afraid. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. If I don't switch to this insurance company, you know, uh, what's, what's the one uh, insurance company where he's like mayhem? Like, you know, my man is always like, he the person, but he always puts himself in like in the position of an object. So he'll bust through your window like a dog or a ball or whatever. I can't think of it. Uh, I don't know what insurance company that is, but they do an amazing job marketing their insurance. I love the commercials. I love commercials in general, but it's fear-based marketing because it's making you think if you don't get this insurance, then you should be afraid because something bad is going to happen. Matter of fact, hold on. Let me, I just looked it up. I got to, because that's a, I think that's a important thing to talk about. You know, this is Allstate. Allstate insurance, that's it. Now, let's see something. Uh, what's this? Spinsucks.com. Okay, this is the... They're talking about the creative marketing case for this. So let's, let's see what they say. Many of you might be familiar with Mayhem, the fictional spokesperson for Allstate, who has served the, as the brand's case study of the need for insurance since 2010. Wow, he's been going for a while. While this creative marketing campaign initially faced some flack due to fear-mongering tactics, the lighthearted voice and nature of mayhem cushions that into more of a relatable, oh crap, things happen, might as well be prepared feeling. Now y'all see, let, let's take a quick break. You see how that works? Originally when they started doing the mayhem thing, people didn't like it because of the fear tactics, right? Which is that's still what they're doing. But part of the key to people doing the fear tactic is to make it lighthearted. You know what I mean? And, and look, I'm not even saying this is always a bad thing because I actually think it's smart to promote insurance that way. But, you know, I also think insurance is a scam. So depending on how you look at it, you feel what I'm saying? Like, but anyway, let's that may maybe that's another topic for another day. Back to this article. In fact, in many ways, mayhem allows the brand to discuss the often scary topics we tend to want to turn away from things the proper insurance coverage can support you through by shifting the tone of the discussion. Mayhem's relatability and endless quotables caught on quickly after his debut character took on a life of its own beyond the brand. After the first two fiscal quarters of the Mayhem campaign, 
all states saw a nearly 5% increase in sale, taking in $7.9 billion. Wow. Allstate took this character, this mayhem guy, and look, it's when you think about it, it's insurance. Insurance is super boring. But they took something that was boring and make you laugh and make you, oh man, that's crazy. Like, and then they scare you a little bit, like, oh, I better get insurance so that mayhem doesn't happen to me. And they said in their first two fiscal quarters of introducing that campaign, sales grew by 5%. So that's why I say one thing I know is that money will be made. Now, we could look at this virus and say, well, no, Jay, you don't get it. People are losing money. Remember what I told you about the market crash back in 2008 to 2011, that time period, somewhere back there. The people with money are saying that's when they made the most money. The broke people are saying I'm broker than I ever been. You get, this is why, again, I'm not talking conspiracy and I'm not talking about the medical conditions of the virus or whatever, all that stuff. I'm talking about the business of the corona. God's people, you have to understand business. If you're a professional, you're an entrepreneur, this is how things work. And sometimes we need to understand something so we can protect ourselves from it. I don't want you to be a victim of business. I don't want you to be reacting to every little article that comes across your phone because they're rolling in every single second of every single day. And you're becoming so reactory. Reactory? Is that a word? I don't know. But my point is, we have to, let's be grounded. Let's understand the business of something. And again, I'm not trying to give you medical advice. I'm not a doctor. Get your checkup. Brush your teeth. I don't know why you would stop brushing your teeth because the vibe. You, you know what? This is a perfect time to take a quick 60-second commercial break. And I will be back right after these messages. Hey, God's people. It's your vision coach, LaToya Early. And I want to invite you to the Chase Great Shift Conference, May 15th, 16th. 2020. Listen, if you are a coach and you are ready to shift your market, your money, your message, and your mindset in your business, then I challenge you to visit www.chasegreatshift.com and secure your seat today. This woman doesn't listen to inspire God's people, but she does spend 15 hours a week bettering herself by reading cereal boxes. Don't ruin your life spending 15 hours a week bettering yourself by reading cereal boxes. Listen to Inspire God's People, the podcast. Now playing on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and more. Visit jwillmusic.com. Yo, I'm back, and I am ready to get back into this conversation. Hopefully you enjoyed our commercials. Please check out Toya and Chase Great and see us at the conference in May. and. Listen to my podcast. Don't ruin your life. Hashtag don't ruin your life. All right, let's do it. Back into the combo. Fear-based marketing could, could be good if it really does prevent you from doing something that's really bad for you, right? But I think the problem in the thin line with it is that marketing is mind control, like we talked about on the previous show, because marketing is intended to alter your behavior. 
And so when you understand business and you start receiving things with that understanding, then you might start looking at your phone differently every time a Corona article hits it because they hitting it left and right. And you got to ask yourself like, wow, okay. At the very least, again, I'm not here to give you medical advice. I'm not here to tell you whether it's right or wrong or indifferent. I don't want anything to do with that. But what I'm talking about is the business of the Corona. And so for me, when I'm on checking my email and they send Yahoo sends, you know, the article and then I turn to ESPN and they make another announcement that in Santa Clara County in California, they said you can't even gather more than a thousand people at a time is banned. I'm like, wow, that's amazing to me. Like, again, the business of, a, of the corona, it has negatively impacted the business because now it's banned to get more than a thousand people in a room. So, bam, negative impact. The, the NBA, I believe, one of the sports, I think it's the NBA, they have banned the media from coming in the locker room, I think, after games now and to further notice. Again, it's impacting the business. If the media can't come in the locker room, now those media outlets are missing out on interviews and stories. And one thing that is very curious and interesting to me is that one thing I know about marketing is that if you start negatively impacting something, you can get people to do something else. So it's like, if I make, okay, I always say this. I can create the problem and then I can create the solution. And I don't want to go down the path of conspiracy series, uh, theories. I really don't because I don't, I don't know. And I'm not trying to create that in your mind. I only deal with what I know. I know business. And I know in business, here's my example. So you won't think this is a conspiracy theory. Sony. I remember it. I might have said this last year on the show or something. I remember some years back. And this is when people was really listening to CDs, right? You know, in the good old days, kids. I'm getting older, y'all, because now the stuff that I used to do is becoming old stuff. Like, kids are like, what are CDs? Tell me about it. Gather around. Let me tell you a story. Once upon a time. Anyway, let's just say when we was listening to CDs, you know, you would burn a CD because you didn't have the $15, $16 when a new CD comes out. And so you would go to the store and get blank CDs. And then they started, again, y'all got to remember in the early 2000s, we just now started having computers in our house, like everyday people. So it's like, whoa, we got computers now. Now they putting burners in the computer or you could go buy a CD burner. And it's like, yo, but here's the thing. It's illegal. But this is what tripped me out one day. I'm like, okay, you know, Sony had a record label. And so I'm like, okay, cool. I got this album from this Sony artist. And I look on the back of it and it says that, you know, it's a piracy warning that it's illegal to burn this CD. Okay, that's a problem, right? Like, I can't, like, if my friend has a CD and let me borrow it and I want to burn it, and I don't have the money to go buy it myself, but that's illegal. Okay, cool. But here's the crazy thing. 
the the blank CDs that I had, the, those were also made by Sony. And then like one one of my homies had had a had a CD burner, and that was made by Sony. So I'm like, wait a minute, Sony created my problem. <laughs> they telling me it's illegal to reproduce this CD, but then they literally created the blank CD and the burner. You feel what I'm saying? And so people, I'm not saying me, but people would burn CDs with, they would burn CDs with a blank Sony CD. And I'm like, wow, Sony is able to make money on both ends. And so sometimes in life and in business, people create the problem and that allows them to create the solution. And again, this is not medical advice. Go get your checkups. Be careful out here. Buy all the hand sanitizer you want. Oops, money. Did I say buy? Are you talking about going to stores and shelves are empty because people are buying more things because they're afraid? I'm not saying it's right or wrong. Here's what I really wanted you to get and be able to take away from this conversation today is that there are behavioral changes happening because people are afraid, but God didn't give us the spirit of fear. And so even if something is dangerous, it doesn't mean that operating in fear is the proper approach. And so you can be careful without being afraid. You can wash your hands without being afraid and allowing your fear to literally alter your behavior. Now, one of the things I was thinking about, this is probably the only opinion I'll give today, because, again, I just want to I I want to be careful, man. I don't want to get into all the craziness of this stuff. I'm trying to stick to the business. But as I look at these sports, um, you know, you got things being canceled and music festivals being canceled. And now they saying in, in Santa Clara, California, like I mentioned earlier, it you can't even gather more than a thousand people in a public setting. So I'm like, okay. So let's just say we cancel all the basketball games and we cancel all this stuff. But in order to buy all that hand sanitizer you just bought, you got to go to the store in public. Now I know you can say, no, you could buy it online. Well, if you buy it online, that's shipped to your house. It was packaged by someone. It's going to be brought to your doorstep by a person. And so what's really interesting about all of this stuff to me, and the one thing I will say, is that I struggle to believe or think that the solution to all of this is to have even less interaction with each other as human beings or to be afraid of human interaction in such a already digital and detached world. That does bother me if I'm being real. So it's like, Wow, now we're being reconditioned. And I'm not saying that's purpose like or not, but I could just see our behaviors changing. I heard a baseball coach start talking about, yeah, we're gonna start high-fiving each other less. And I'm like, man, this is <laughs> this seems a little extreme to me. It's like now we're scared to give a high five. Like viruses have been around. Like viruses are not brand new. And again. 
don't take this as me minimizing the dangers or whatever of this particular virus. I'm just being honest about some of the things that seem a little odd. And as a person that understands business and marketing, I do try to be aware of what a person can capitalize on if I become afraid. And that's what I tried to kind of share with you today is like your fear makes you vulnerable and you could be taken advantage of when you're fearful. I'm not saying don't be wise and don't be careful, but you don't have to be fearful. And don't let the enemy put that fear in your heart to where you don't even know how to do human things and interact with people you love and that are close to you. And you haven't even in real life seen someone even with a cold. Like the one thing I will say to you is just ask yourself, if I didn't have the internet, would I be afraid? If I wasn't watching TV all day, every day, would I be afraid? And sometimes we allow ourselves to be marketed to, to the point that we value the marketing more than we value real life. And that's the only thing I would say is just be careful. And it's not just about this, it's about anything. And that's why we had that episode. And I urge you to go listen to it again, even if you heard it. Marketing is mind control. And you go back and listen to that and see how I was proactively saying these things. This isn't a reaction to the coronavirus. The coronavirus just happens to be the, the trendy thing in the news today. And next week or next month or next year, it'll be something else. I hope and pray that I can listen back at this some years later and be comfortable with the fact that I tried to have this conversation in the most mature and well-rounded way possible without jumping off of a ledge or trying to say something just to get you excited. But look, you better make sure you understand the business of the corona. God's people, thank you so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoy what you heard, please do stop over to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Subscribe to the show. You can just even Google Inspire God's People and enjoy every show all the way back to our first episode. And please do not forget to tell a friend. We love you. Inspire God's People. Inspire God's People. If you're looking for me, I'll be in my own world. Create for the creator when I'm in my own world. I serve below the surface, it's layers to my purpose. Inspire God's people when I'm in my own world. Look in the sky, there ain't no stars in it. The art is all natural and authentic. Rivers of love, we swimming for us. We can't drown if we fall in it. If you looking for me, I be in my own world. Create for the creator when I'm in my own world. I serve below the surface. It's layers to my purpose. Inspire God's people when I'm in my own world.